everyone. Uh, welcome to Merlison, a BBC Merlin podcast where we talk about the show, the fandom, the characters and the content. Uh, I'm Miss Snowfox. And I'm Amatastic. And uh, this uh, week's episode is going to be an episode review of Season 1, Episode 1, The Dragon's Call. Uh, we're going to be doing these every once in a while, and we're doing them in chronological order, as far as I'm aware. So we are starting with the pilot. And Absolutely. yeah, one of the, I'd say probably one of the best known ones, actually. I feel yeah, like just, yeah. it's so quotable that I think everybody in the fandom is pretty much knows it off by heart by now. Um, That's my kind of feeling on it. I just wanted to add, since we forgot to mention it, last episode that credit for our cover art should go to Brolin's Keep on Tumblr because they did the manip job on getting those headphones on Merlin's head. So thank you, Rue, for that yes. amazing piece of work. I had just about given up on creating this specific cover myself and then uh, Brolin's Keep kindly um, accepted my request to do it for us. Thank you, Rue, for that. And also a huge thank you to Sidesteppings, who composed our theme music for this podcast. We wanted to use music that reminded us of the show without being from the show, because copyright law is a thing, and we weren't entirely sure if, you know, People wouldn't maybe come after us if we used official soundtrack music. So Sidestepping generously composed some music for us that should remind you of the show, but isn't actually from the show. So thank you very much for that. I'm very curious uh, as to what it's going to sound like because um, as of now like, we haven't heard it yeah, yet. <laughs> like, it's yes. kind of like when people are. I mean, I'm a I'm a bit of an audio commentary freak, and especially for Merlin, you know, I love listening to them, and I find it very amusing when they're commentating on an episode that is unfinished, and they. <laughs> and so this is pretty much what we're doing right now. We yeah. are in the developmental stages of the podcast, and we we have i haven't seen the the icon or heard the music yet but um well, I'm, I'm excited i haven't seen the cover yet either because i asked brolin's key like literally three hours ago if they'd do it and they <laughs> said yes uh she's gonna thank do you it. Ruth. so i haven't i haven't seen it either because rue as of now as of um 6 p.m. on September 17th <laughs> hasn't actually created it yet, but she said she would, so I'm recording these things in advance. And yet, they will be too late when you hear this, because I forgot, will have forgotten to mention them in mm. the first episode. So, anyway, Rox already <laughs> said that we are going to review... Um, episodes of Merlin in chronological order um, every couple of episodes which means that we are going to talk about the plot, the characters uh, all the magic and the creatures and we will do our best to compare both the plot of the episode or the creatures to lore and myths of our world whenever that's possible 
And if you would like to join us for a specific episode review, please get in touch with us through our info on Archive of Our Own or our email, which is merlins.podcast at gmail.com. Let's hear some news. Cornelot is doing a little Halloween slash autumn collection thingy. If you want to recommend or create or otherwise share anything Merlin related that fits the month of October with all its themes, then check out the post linked in the notes for this episode. You still have until the end of the month to share things. Sarah Bochan is looking for people to help with a Merlin-based visual novel. A visual novel, if you don't know, is a game that you play on your computer. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type of thing, with different possible paths that lead to different endings. It will be a canon AU type of thing, and Sarah's looking for people to help out with various things, like plotting, programming, writing, and creating the art or music for it. Especially if you are a non-Murther shipper, your input is highly valued and welcome. Alright, so get, let's get into that episode. So the summary of the episode, do you wanna do you wanna tell everyone what the episode is about? Sure, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be super lazy here and read out what I got from the Merlin Vicky. I'm we're gonna link back to that entry so that you can read it on the Merlin Wiki yourself. But the summary is as follows. Merlin's mother sends him to start a new life in Camelot in order to learn about the mystery of his own powerful magic. Things change when he discovers that the king, Uther Pendragon, has outlawed magic and that anyone caught using it faces death. Later on, Merlin steps in to defend a manservant from the king's heir, Arthur, and encounters Kilgara, upon which the young sorcerer begins an adventure in which he will realize his destiny. <laughs> Dun dun dun. His name, Merlin. <laughs> that that was my that was my John Hurt impression. We have some statistics to go yes, through because I'm I'm the kind of person who, when they watch something, likes to um, collect statistical facts about that thing. And I have when I rewatched. Um, the entire show last year, I just, I had a spreadsheet on Google Docs where I just made a lot of notes about a lot of things, and I'm just going to share a couple every time we review an episode. So, this episode first aired on the 20th of September in 2008, and there were five female characters and I'm counting like characters who actually had lines in this episode, not any extra who pops up in the background. So we had five female characters with lines. Two of them were from the main cast, which are Gwen and Morgana. And we had three in the supporting cast, who are Mary Collins, Lady Helen, and a serving girl. And if you count Hooneth in the flashback with the voiceover, then there is technically one more in the supporting cast, but I tend not to really count her because she's just she's just a flashback to give us a visual of Merlin's mother while Gaius reads her letter. Yeah. So we have four male characters and they are all main cast. They are Arthur, Merlin, Gaius and Uther. 
the enemy or monster of the week was Mary Collins and she did some shape-shifting into Lady Helen, which, you know, should actually disqualify her from counting as two different characters because they're well, no, because the we did actress. But... We did actually see... Um... I think it's well. It is two different characters, isn't yes. it? So yes, it does but count. Lady Lady Helen shows up as herself just before she Once. Is killed yeah. by <laughs> by her other self. <laughs> That's kind of does that count as suicide? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, you have um, Mary Collins as the as the uh, yeah. evil witch who kills Lady Helen and then turns into her because she's trying to kill Arthur. Yeah. Um, yes, our favorite dragon <laughs> shows up <laughs> and Merlin kills exactly one person and that's Mary Collins. Mm-hmm. And he kills her. I mean, he does sort of indirectly kill her by dropping a chandelier on her, but I think yeah. that still counts. So... Let's start with what we didn't like about the episode so that we can then move on to what we liked about the episode. I'm just going to get this out of the way first, okay? Because <laughs> Do it. I actually, Go for it. No, because I'm actually writing, and I've not told you this actually, <gasps> but I'm, I'm writing a um, document. It's not a fic or anything like that, but it's, uh, it's a, a, a Merlin fix-it where I'm going to be kind of going through with a critical eye and seeing how I would improve the storytelling so actually because i've recently started it i'm a little bit more skeptical of this episode than i was when i rewatched it after season five had finished because at the time i rewatched it and my literal reaction when i saw it again was it's so fucking charming (laughs) the entire thing is just so and it's incredible you know because this pilot did so many things well but i will say one thing that when they tried to make atlantis in 2013 i think they were living in a fun house version of reality because they made a first season that was like season one of merlin which had zero continuity zero kind of growth and was very episodic but it was 2013 they thought they were living in 20 uh, 2008 but they weren't And you could never again make a first season of any TV show like the one they did in 2008 any other time in history. Because there's something about it that people just latched onto. And it's impossible to know why when the kind of stuff you see now on TV is like 13 Reasons Why and Victoria and all the rest of it, you know. And it's just incredible that this even went to season but it did <laughs> and it's just it's so it's so silly isn't it it's just so silly but people really took it seriously as yeah. drama you know like yes i mean i don't know what do you think um yeah i mean i i think i agree with you that the same format probably wouldn't work as well today because um, well it did because Atlantis got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I never, I never saw Atlantis, so I, uh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the comparison. But it's also that um, in the last ten years, viewers have become a lot more critical of oh, yeah. of content and how and of representation. So uh, I think that there would be a lot 
like overall for for the entire show, but even the, just the first season of Merlin, if it got made like this or even similarly to how it was made ten years ago, there would be a lot more backlash and about yeah. a lot more criticism to the show. So I yeah, I think it wouldn't work the way yeah. it, it did. And this is actually this ties into uh, what I don't like about this episode, and this is gonna be something that I'm going to bring up a lot of times. I'm sorry <laughs> in advance, but it's just that's my ongoing criticism um, for for Merlin. Basically, is um, relationship dynamics and um, how Arthur treats Merlin. I mean, in this first episode, I don't even have that much of a bone to pick with it because Arthur is very much the arrogant prince. And and we see this arrogance displayed in the way that he treats servants like literally uh, targets to play with yeah. uh, while while training his uh, knife throwing and etc. So he really he embodies that arrogant prince uh, archetype at this point in time at this point in the show. So I you know. I I still don't like the way he talks to Merlin or mm. the way he treats him, but at least at the beginning I can I can see why that is because Arthur yeah. is just he's that kind of person because so far no one really has challenged him on it. Yeah, uh, he he needs Merlin to come in and tell him like, mate, you can't talk like that to people. Yeah. Like even if you're the prince. Uh, that doesn't give you the right to treat mm-hmm. people like dirt. So um, that's not actually something I dislike. That's something I like, uh, even about this first episode. But um, my criticism is uh, just how some things are written and that, for example, the show so very rarely passes the um, the Bechtel test. Yeah. Uh, which, if you are not aware, dear listeners is um, a very simple test you can apply to any type of media you consume. The test is, are there two wi- two female characters who have a name who talk to each other about something other than a male character? That's a really... You'd think that's yeah. a really low bar, and it is a really low bar, and yet Merlin <laughs> passes it so rarely. Yeah. And, of course, despite there being, you know five female characters in this first episode which i might just as well say now is the highest count of female characters with lines in a merlin episode in wow. this season like every other episode oh oh in, oh, in this season. season oh okay in this season i i'm um <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna stick with the first season i i can do uh i could check quickly for all the other seasons i think it never really surpasses Probably um, five not. female characters yeah. uh, with lines um, in one episode. Mm. And it's just, that's just, you know. So, yeah, actually, I just checked. This is the the highest amount of female characters with lines we have in one episode, especially if you wow. count Hooneth in the flashback. Hooneth, yeah. would get up to six. But even then, it never reaches five again in the entire wow. show. <laughs> and that's just that's just so sad. And even in this episode, um, in this very first episode, 
uh, Merlin does not pass the Bechdel test. You have yeah. uh, Mor- Morgana and Gwen who talk about Arthur, and you have um, Mary Collins in disguise as Lady Helen who talks to the maid about King Uther and also the maid's um, betrothed. Fiance, yeah. Yes. So that's just wow. uh, that's just that's just something that's really sad. That's 2008 for you, isn't it? Like yeah. that is that really is that all over? I mean, yeah. Merlin really came off the back of um, uh, Robin Hood, which uh, aired in 2006, I think, and ran for three seasons. So it came it came off the back of that same format, even though it wasn't created by the same people. But I think my my biggest kind of criticism i think of the pilot or the first few in general i think and this isn't really the fault of the creators as such because it's just the way that tv kind of is or was because now with netflix we're seeing a lot of tv series that are being just written as a whole and then aired so there's no input which i think is really nice but obviously they first thought this was going to run as like a mini series. This is what I think I remember from my trivia diehard fans, you know, which obviously we are, but please do correct us if, if I'm wrong about this. And so obviously with traditional TV, the way it works is that you hope you'll get picked up for a series. And so you film a few episodes, but then you just hope for the best. And so obviously I think as a pilot, this covered a lot of stuff pretty well, but that's also my criticism of it is that I think, the first season suffers so badly and especially this pilot of so much information and it's I, I think it's covered well but for example in my like Merlin fix it I kind of looked at it and I went well hang on a minute why does Merlin have to be Arthur's manservant so early on he literally hate I mean yes it makes for that comical moment where they look at each other and they're like oh you know but really you know, he saves his life at the end of the pilot and then this whole this whole kind of thing ensues. But he does it more out of instinct because, oh, there's a knife or something like that. And I actually think it would have been much more satisfying if the pilot focused a lot more on them as individuals and Merlin learning, you know, kind of more about Camelot and getting a job with Gaius. And by the mid-season point, he saves Arthur's life because he wants to, because he starts to see through whispers and through whatever that actually maybe Arthur's not the dickhead he seems to be. Like maybe he stands up for Gwen during the trial when she's being put on trial for magic and he thinks, oh, hang on a second, maybe he's not that bad. And then when his life is actually put at risk the first time, he does it out of choice. And then slowly, and obviously this builds into their relationship as well, but the whole beginning is such a mishmash of them just going, we want people to like this. And so there's so much going on. You've got the whole destiny thing. You've got his relationship with Gaius, with Gwen, with Morgana. I mean, everyone speaks to each other in this first episode. And I'm just, and it's such a whirlwind of things going on that, you know, it's kind of like, I think looking back, I think I would have appreciated it to be more drawn out now that we know what the Merlin and Arthur relationship would mean to us as viewers. I think if they'd have really let it sit, like had them hate each other for a really long time, because by episode two, which we'll cover in another stage, they're already kind of on okay terms, you know? And that's that's just, uh, to, uh, you know, to just say this, that's just three or four days after the event yeah. of the first episode, <laughs> which is, you know, and I'm just like, 
how? <laughs> like, I would legitimately love to see a season one in which, and again, I will post this fix at some point, but I'm just paraphrasing at the moment. I would love to see a season one where Merlin has to come to terms with actually that he cares for Arthur. And by the finale, he actually is like, oh, crap, I really care about this guy. And then season two being Arthur's turn that all of season one, he still thinks Merlin is basically nothing, that he'll just treat him like shit. And Merlin's like, oh, my God, but I think I'm actually really like falling for the fact that he's going to be this amazing person. And Arthur's still like, no. And it's not until season two that Arthur has those moments where he will die for him at the end of season two. I think that build up would have been so much more satisfying. And whereas in the pilot, Merlin's saved his life already. And I'm just like, I think it's really nice to look back on it nostalgically. But if I was a viewer now, I wouldn't buy it. I'd say, Ugh. and that's my criticism is that I think because Bradley and Colin do an amazing job of creating this chemistry, we overlook the fact that they didn't write it that way. They just did it on their own, yeah. but it's not in the writing. And it's such a shame. Yeah. I mean, there's also this where in, you know, they had to try to make it, interesting to a broad variety mm -hmm. of viewers to be yeah. picked up and that's i think that's why they try to um quote unquote establish as many connections between the characters as possible just to you know start exactly all these all this potential for storylines early on which a lot of them got dropped later on <laughs> and and like Merlin's um, interest in Morgana in the first like in the first yeah. episode in the pilot, it's so easy to basically ship the main cast. Like inter <laughs> like you can you can literally with ship everyone. everyone with everyone. You can ship Merlin Gwen. You can ship Merlin Morgana. You have Merlin Arthur. You have Morgana Gwen. You have yeah. um, Arthur and Morgana, which don't get me started on that yes. because. You know, my rant that's coming because I'm just, you know, the fact that, and I'm not kidding, guys, like rewatch the season one that was being developed. That was the actually, I'm okay. Shoot me because <laughs> I am, a, I, I will go to the grave with Martha as my OTP, but writing wise, Arthur and Morgana was the best developed ship in season one, right up until the finale where yeah. she's, you know, shouting for him not to leave and is having literally wakes up at the end going, Arthur, like she's getting these nightmares. And literally, guys, when did she when did they have an interaction in season two? I'll tell you when the witch is quickening is the first time they have a scene together. And even Bradley and Katie commented on it saying, oh, my God, I feel like we've not even had like we had so many scenes last season. Yeah, you did, because yeah, you did. they wanted you to be a couple. And it's yeah, like you said, it's just bizarre but also actually it's the easter egg syndrome isn't it they wanted to drop as many easter eggs into the first episode as possible for fans of the legend you know so that you'd have the you know whole thing of like oh i'm gwen but oh sorry i'm i'm guinevere but they call me gwen blah 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 or you know you'd have um the uh there was the thing of um gaius 
giving Merlin the potion saying that Morgana's been suffering from nightmares and if you, you know, can, you know, kind of put Morgana with Morgan, you're like, oh, she'll be, you know, or whatever. And then you've got obviously the line of, oh, who'd want to marry Arthur and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. so on the nose that it's like, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> Although just, I, I, you know, sometimes I appreciate those little nods yeah. to, to the the legends and the yeah. lore because I just um this is also coming up in in a later episode but like my favorite part from episode five in season one Lancelot is when Merlin is like well if you had the choice between Lancelot yeah, and okay, Arthur would you pick and Gwen is like I'm never going but to I have to choose I'm just I think that the pilot is one of those episodes where I look back on it with such unbelievable fondness, but also now, and you know, as because I did do a, a film degree this year as well, so I'm now been taught to be extra critical of storytelling, and it just makes me so mad when I see how much potential there was, especially with the talent that they had. Um, and I mean, it works fine, and clearly it, you know, got us all hooked. And it's very emotional to look back on it and listen to some of those lines, you know, that you can look back, especially, you know, when the, the and oh, okay, well, let's just bring out the elephant in the room. They <laughs> set this the show up to be something it didn't end up being. You know, you and Arthur will, you know, create yes. Albion together. God. I- <laughs> I didn't think I'd get so mad in this episode. <laughs> yeah. okay. Maybe we should move on to things we liked we about did. the episode. <laughs> we're not going to be this negative all the time, but everyone will admit that the writing is awful, but we love it anyway, so that's I fine. mean, we are partly creating this podcast so we can be critical. <laughs> oh, because, um, yes, it's not always easy to voice criticism of the source material in a fandom because everyone is so protective and defensive which is you know everyone's right but there are also undeniably some problems with the writing and the storytelling for Merlin and we just um yeah this is the place to yeah, yeah. To voice them, so you and know. I will say that when I managed to bring myself to watch the Dragon's Call after the show had finished, and obviously I hadn't really watched it. I mean, I'd vidded it, but I hadn't sat to watch it, and I did. I put it on. I finally managed to do it, and my first thought was, "It's so fucking charming." When I got to the scene in the cave where he says, "You know, um, oh shoot me, I won't actually remember the." Uh, exact line but it's something like Arthur is the once and future king who will unite the land of Albion but he faces many threats and he's like without you Arthur will never succeed without you there will be no Albion you know um, you're and Arthur's you know path lies together and when he finished that speech I was sitting there with my best friend and I went you liar (laughs) (laughs) you liar because yeah that never happened so Great. I mean, Let's you move know, on. To- <laughs> that, that basement lizard, that overgrown basement lizard, is just um, the biggest liar ever, and it's just basically the downfall of of Merlin is is this dragon. But yeah, we we're gonna get to the dragon at some point. Maybe not today, but we're gonna talk about the dragon more later. Anyway, things we what liked about like? the episode. Oh, yeah. What did you like about the episode? <sighs> <laughs> Do you want me to start? Because I do no, have I mean, things like what I what I like is like um it's part of the the most 
what I like about this episode is, uh, and this is basically ignoring everything I have later learned from from the show, but what I like is um, some of the potential that was set up, like Merlin coming to Camelot and and being there despite you know the the ban on magic and basically living in fear for his own life and yet he stays there and there's the promise of being taught some magic or learning more magic because Gaius gives him the the book of spells and and Merlin is like yeah I'm going to study every word and and then there's some some magic we saw with uh with Mary Collins where she well, she she basically, um, to use a term from from Harry Potter fandom, she basically disapparates in the middle of the courtyard. <laughs> this is some <laughs> impressive magic, and um, she shapeshifts and she does, uh, uh, you know, some other things. I'm like, wow, this is all the things that you know. And, and Merlin is going to be set up as he's set up as the the greatest wizard that ever lived, and just he's gonna learn so much and develop so much and yet there's all this potential and I, I really like that. I like the potential of of everything the first episode was. Like all the false The key word is yeah, golden it, in this case. Yes. And it's just, you know, all the things we just criticized, like with the potential they put in, with like they tried to uh crash so much stuff into just uh forty five minutes of an episode and I'm like, yes, and and there was just it could have been so much and it's it's it is interesting because you think well they set up all the, these things and it's gonna be so great and and just you know even with the hindsight of knowing that none of that or not a lot of that came to pass I still I still like that and of course I also because I'm I'm a hopeless Martha shipper I I. I hate love the interactions between Merlin and Arthur because there's so much innuendo there and it's just yeah <laughs> that was my thing it's... that I was gonna say for okay. the like and go go it's go not... say it <laughs> yeah it's just it's not even the innuendo it's just the banter like I mean that's a tragically British word but it's just like the banter is so good I mean I just they're so good I mean and I th- I. I think just the chemistry between those two is my favorite or the thing I love most that they created in this episode. I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. And obviously at the time I wasn't really paying attention and it isn't until I really started shipping them that I was like, oh my goodness, that's incredible. But um, the first interaction is amazing. But I would say like looking back now in hindsight, the second interaction they have, I think is just trumps it like, on 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 every level just that little bow and the my lord is yes. just like it's so like perfect <laughs> we've not got yeah. merlin we is such, much, merlin is so such a cheeky bugger he's such a cheeky bugger it. and i love him in that episode i just i really and i'm trying to think of other moments when he's just like this this so respectless has, and cheeky yeah. you know he because uh, I actually vidded, um, well, you've seen it, but I made a video um, about like their cheekier moments because I love them so much. But one of my favorite ones actually is um, uh, people I think don't even remember it, but I love it so much. It's in The Nightmare Begins, so season two, episode three. And um, 
uh, Arthur finds out that Merlin's given flowers to Morgan, and he's like, a little bird told me that you gave her s- uh, some flowers. It's, oh, it's a bit strange or something. And then Merlin goes, sending flowers is strange and talking bird isn't. And he just goes, Merlin, well, what have we said about you trying to be funny? I shouldn't. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, just, oh, the best. Or what? Uh, yeah, that that's one that I love. What about, oh, so, so season one, I think is the, the season for quips. Like it's quip central, like, um, and it's in the labyrinth of get, yeah. The, the labyrinth of Gedref is another one where he's like that rat, he's eaten through my boot. Look at it. And he goes, I guess the rat's just as hungry as the rest of us. And he goes, you think this is funny? And he just replies with moderately. And it's just like the best comeback. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of. You know, it became angst central by the end. You know, it was more like, it was more like, you know, my destiny rather than like, you know, kind of quippy. But I do love those moments, um, where it was just harmless, harmless banter. Oh, I do miss those. But yeah, the little kind of like, oh, sorry, are you going to be trained prat, my lord? It's, oh, it's just perfect. It's absolutely. But Merlin and Gwen as well. That's, that is one thing I loved in the pilot and it just in season one that, I still like still a part of me, even though I like, you know, shit Martha so much. I just I wish they'd have been together, like even a little bit. Like I wish they that Merlin had liked her back because it's just so painful to watch how she's just like, oh, I like much more ordinary men like you. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, God. She is it's just... so... Gwen's but... babbling is just the cutest thing. And I love when uh, when authors remember that Gwen does this, that she, you know, that she word vomits whenever she's flustered and just, like, she's, like, Gwen reminds me a lot of myself, like, she says something and then after she said it, she realizes how it could have sounded to someone else and then she tries to explain it and it just makes it worse and that's just, that's me a lot. <laughs> like, oh, it's just wonderful. And I'm just, yeah, like her moments in this episode, I think, are absolutely wonderful. And I just think that she's such a charming character. And I love, I mean, I, I obviously, I, I know she had to progress and, you know, change as the script, you know, needed her to. But that's always the Gwen that I, you know, love. And when I say I really don't like Gwen as a character, I just mean the way she kind of was handled going forward, which isn't the fault of the character or, or Angel necessarily. It's just kind of a shame because it, it feels like two different people. But it's the same with Morgana, really. Uh, you know, the Morgana I wrote about in my fic and the Morgana I like reading is the Morgana that loves Arthur, like, to a, yeah, a million. It's, it's season like, one, uh, it's season one yeah. Morgana. And Pretty much, and and that's basically, and I, and we'll get to that in a, a couple of weeks when we review Lancelot. But that's basically me with Lancelot. I, I, you know this. I have my issues with <laughs> yeah. Lancelot as a character. I'm a big stan, by the way. Maryland, I love Lancelot, <laughs> and we will get to that once we review his episode, and or rather, once we get to an episode where we talk about the. Uh, Gwen Lancelot ship uh, because that's basically where my issues lie and I know you're excited about this and yeah so anyway <clears throat> okay alright um, this is probably a good time to mention that 
episode reviews are episodes we are trying to keep a little bit shorter than our other episodes. Um, partly because the other episodes are probably going to run somewhere between 60 and 80 minutes, possibly even 90. At this moment we're not entirely sure. So we're trying to keep these a little bit shorter just to give you guys a reprieve and ourselves as well. So we want to close this episode. There will not be any wrecks today. Get some wrecks next time when we will be doing a recap of last year's Coinalot. So, until then, let's just say goodbye from Momotastic and Miss Snowfox. Bye guys. Bye.